Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including special guests Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is December the 22nd, and on this day in 1849, Dostoevsky, uh, was led before a firing squad and prepared for execution. He'd been convicted and sentenced to death on November the 16th for allegedly taking part in anti-government activities. However, at the last moment, he was reprieved and sent into exile. Dostoevsky's father was a doctor at Moscow's Hospital for the Poor, where he grew rich enough to buy land and serfs. After his father's death, Dostoevsky, who suffered from epilepsy, studied military engineering and became a civil servant while secretly writing novels. His first, Poor People, and his second, The Double, were published in 1846. The first was a hit, the second a total failure. On December the 22nd, 1849, he was led before the firing squad but received a last-minute reprieve and was sent to Siberian labor camp where he worked for four years. He was released in 1854 and worked as a soldier on the Mongolian frontier. He married a widow and finally returned to Russia in 1859. The following year, he uh, founded a magazine, and two years after that, he journeyed to Europe for the first time. Uh, in 1864 and 1865, his wife and his brother died. The magazine folded, and Dostoevsky found himself deeply in debt, which was exacerbated by a gambling problem he had. In 1866, he published Crime and Punishment, in my opinion, one of the greatest novels ever written and one of the most impo- important popular works. In 1867, he married a stenographer, and the couple fled to Europe to escape his creditors. His novel, The Possessed, was successful, and the couple returned to St. Petersburg. He published The Brothers Karamazov in 1880 to immediate success, but died a year later. Kind of interesting to uh, get on the wrong side of government. What happened there in Russia could happen here as well if we don't start to uphold the Constitution. It's time to pull out the sweaters and put away the topical plants, and the strongest cold front of the season will cause temperatures to drop into the 30s over the Christmas holidays here on the Paradise Coast. The winter warnings or watches continued uh, connected to the so-called bomb cyclone. Stormhouse uh, reported reached approximately 200 million Americans. Various weather reports speculate the storm will comprise Arctic cold front drives from Canada, howling winds, large snow drifts, and rising tides in warmer spots, covering the Pacific Northwest, the Bedwest, East Coast, and extending across the plains into the deep south and Gulf Coast regions. Uh, lows across southwest Florida will range from around freezing in the Sarasota area to lows of 40s in Naples, according to the National Weather Service. Uh, Once the front moves through on Friday, the high temperature for the day will actually be in the morning. Saturday night into the Sundays, it'll be about 36 degrees. And then Sunday and Monday, it will be a little colder at 35. 
The average high for Christmas Day in Naples is 76, with an average low of 58. Uh, the record low for Christmas in Naples is 28 degrees in 1989. So, real cold front coming in. Make plans accordingly. Uh, if you have family in, in town, it's time to break out the Monopoly game. Well, nearly 25% of U.S. home buyers are looking to relocate, especially to Florida, as housing costs have increased significantly in recent years. According to Redfin, more homeowners look to leave San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Washington, D.C., and Boston than any other major metropolitan areas. Isn't that amazing? Uh, out of 100 metro areas examined during the three months ending, ending in October, Miami, Tampa, Cape Coral, and Orlando, Florida made the top 10 cities where the highest net inflow of property searches on the website. Net inflow is the number of people looking to move into a city minus the number looking to leave. The most popular relocation choices are in the Sunbelt states in the southwest and southeast, with half of the top destinations in Florida. Relatively affordable Sunbelt metros are especially popular when uh, roadway uh, relocating home buyers, mainly because buyers can get a home for far less. For example, in Las Vegas, the typical home goes for $410,000 as opposed to Los Angeles at $823,000. Many cities in Florida were also ranked high on the list of the best places to retire in the U.S. in 2023. Uh, seven Florida cities are listed in the first 15 on the list, with uh, including Pensacola, Tampa, Naples, Daytona Beach, Sarasota, Melbourne, and Lakeland. So, again, there's a lot of volatility in house pricing across the nation, but I think we're going to have more coming than going here in southwest Florida, and that may lead to stabilized and even higher uh, home prices. Well, negotiations surrounding the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package have stalled in the Senate as Senator Mike Lee He's from Utah, Republican. Uh, Title 42 amendment has been put a wrench in the process, leading some senators to reportedly discuss a short-term funding bill instead, which is music to my ears, and I hope to yours as well. Title 42 is an immigration policy that makes it easier for the federal government to send border crossers back to their native countries. Initially implemented by former President Donald Trump at the start of the pandemic, a federal judge recently ordered President Biden's uh, administration to phase out the program by December 21st. However, following an emergency application filed by the coalition of 19 Republican-led states, U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Roberts recently halted the lower court's order to end Title 42, leaving the program's fate in the hands of the judiciary. Senator Mike Lee's Title 42 amendment ties funding for the uh, Department of Homeland Security Office of the Executive Secretary to the Biden administration keeping Title 42 in place, despite Democrat uh, Senate Leader Chuck Schumer's hopes to bring the vote to the Senate floor on the omnibus bill today or actually it was yesterday, uh, Lee's Title 42 amendment is causing big problems in the Senate. Omnibus hit uh, turbulence over the GOP Title 42 amendment that could pass the Senate and sink the legislation in the House. Uh, voters are delayed, not happy, uh, happening tonight as expected hours ago. Senate uh, Democrats want to vote on uh, Lee's Title 42 amendment to reach the 60-vote threshold before it can be included in the omnibus spending package. However, uh, Senate, state, uh, Senate Republicans want the vote to pass with a simple 51-majority vote. Uh, 
with several Senate Democrats in support of Title 42, Lee's amendment could make it into the bill as the lower threshold. One Senate Democrat aide reportedly called Lee's amendment a poison pill that would kill the bill in the House if adopted. Uh, Schumer uh, went on, uh, warned that if uh, no agreement would be reached, he would file cloture on the omnibus spending package, which would set up a vote on Friday, December the 23rd, pushing the government funding process into next week. However, Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell has been adamant about negotiations reaching a deal before Thursday, that's today, because he intends to be on the road going home on December the 23rd. Uh, with Lee's Title 42 amendment derailing negotiations at the last minute, there is reportedly growing talk on the Hill about the possibility of passing a short-term continuing resolution funding bill to fund the government until February, according to a bill uh, to the Hill reporter Alex Bolton. If Congress passes a short-term continuing resolution to fund the government until February, it would give Republicans a huge victory in the government funding negotiations as they regain control of the House majority in the start of the next Congress. House uh, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, the Republican nominee for the next Congress Speaker of the House, strongly opposed the lame-duck Congress passing a long-term spending package. The government will run out of funding and short uh, shut down on Friday if Congress takes no action before on the spending package. So this is all music uh, to my ears, quite frankly, because the bill contains, you know, really all this, what we've seen from uh, Twitter, for example, and how they've Twitter has colluded with uh, the FBI. There's actually increased funding for the FBI in this omnibus bill. And there's uh, billions of dollars going to uh, Zelensky, to uh, Ukraine, it's just a pork bill that should not pass and, and uh, cause us to continue the spending that we've had uh, going into September of next year. So we need to make sure this is a short-term bill. And maybe uh, Senator Lee has come to our rescue on this. And maybe this poison pill about Title 42 is the best thing that could have happened. President uh, Zelensky, on his first wartime foreign visit, used an address to the U.S. Congress on Wednesday to warn that the Ukraine war will shape the world for generations and no country can hope to be safe if it stands aside. Seeking more U.S. support for Kiev's war effort, Zelensky, wearing his trademark olive green pants and sweater, earlier met uh, Joe Biden at the White House, who urged Americans that the world to keep backing Kiev in 2023 when, when congressional approval for the aid will be harder to secure. Your money is not charity, Zelensky insisted in his speech. It is an investment in global security and democracy. It's not charity also because, quite frankly, if it were charity, it would be extracted from us uh, uh, at, at gunpoint, as it is right now. We taxpayers end up funding this, which is just absurd considering that we're spending money we don't have. The United States has sent about $50 billion in assistance to Kiev as Europe's biggest land conflict since World War II drags on, killing tens of thousands of people and driving millions from their homes and reducing cities to ruins. But some Republicans who will take control of the House and representatives from the Democrats on January the 3rd have expressed concerns about the price tag. They could hold up billions of dollars in war aid starting next month, and that's what we should do. This struggle will define in what world our children and grandchildren will live, and then the children and their grandchildren, Zelensky told a joint session uh, yesterday in Congress. 
The world is too interconnected and interdependent to allow someone to stay, stay aside at the same time to feel safe when such a battle continues. Now you take a look at Zelensky. What has he done? He's closed down the press, the free press. He's uh, closed down the opposite opposition uh, party. Uh, this is not protecting and defending democracy by any means. Uh, this, you know, we think about people being with white, white hats and black hats. Uh, this is this guy is uh, bad news in my opinion. He added that despite Russia's best efforts, Ukraine has not fallen, and in fact was very much alive and kicking. He said, "We defeated Russia in the battle for the minds of the world." He said. Members of Congress stood, cheered, and applauded and shook Zelensky's hand as he entered the chamber with several wearing the colors of the Ukrainian flag. Earlier, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced the United States would provide another $1.85 billion in military aid for Ukraine, including the highly advanced Patriot air defense system to help it ward off barrages of Russian missiles. But some hardline Republicans have urged an end to the aid for Ukraine, instead calling for an audit to trace how the money is previously allocated has been spent. And I'm really for that, too. I think it's so important because I think once you do an audit, you'll find out there's been lots of fraud and um, money laundering. Zelensky has repeatedly called for the West to supply more advanced weaponry, ranging from modern battle tanks to missile defense systems, but Western allies have been cautious, keen to minimize any risk of provoking wider conflict with Russia. Zelensky earlier met Democrat and Republican leaders in the Senate and House representatives uh, in, in, uh, privately. So we'll see how this all turns out, but it's, <laughs> it's uh, not good, and uh, hopefully we'll defeat this uh omnibus bill have a continuing resolution to february and then we can deal with the money going to ukraine and by the way count fox news host tucker carlson among those who are not enthused by the see ukraine's president zelensky show up at the white house in casual attire after all if you're hitting up for the u.s for money shouldn't you put on a coat and tie he said he more he looked more like a strip club manager <laughs> Uh, seems like a fair question, yet much of official Washington fawned over Ukrainian president in the tracksuit. It's just unbelievable. The king has no clothes. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Ulubi's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and uh, download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.net. Choice Social, I'm sorry, choicesocial.us. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, we're a, a not-for-profit organization uh, that focuses on K-12 education, and we are uh, advocates for expanding school choice. Uh, we'd love to see an education savings account where the money follows the child. Um, so we'll be up in Tallahassee uh, working on stuff like that. We're also... Uh, fighting the indoctrination, the pornography, et cetera, that we're finding in our public schools. Now, I understand that, uh, and again, I, I definitely support the Florida Citizens Alliance. I encourage our listeners to make a uh, a visit to uh, goflca.com, goflca.com, and make a year-end contri- tax-deductible contribution. Terrific organization. So I understand that there's been a new release of books uh, into public schools uh, about over a hundred of them, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe you could tell us what's going on. Yeah, every year the Depart- Florida Department of Education goes through a process that's on a four-year rotation. So in 2023, uh, they'll be uh, uh, finalizing uh, and approving uh, social studies books. Um, and once that happens, then the individual school districts uh, can either set up their own committees to evaluate books uh, out in the marketplace, or they can go to the Florida bid list uh, that's been uh, that will be approved in probably February. Mm. So, what's, so what's happening is back in September, the Florida Department of Education went out to the national publishers and invited them to bid against our new civic standards, 
and 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 and, and Florida standards in general. And uh, just about two weeks ago, they released uh, their bid list, a uh, short list of 123 books. On January 6th, they're going to actually make those available to the public for review uh, online. And so we're in the process of organizing literally 123 reviewers across, from across the state to take a book, uh, read it criti critically. It's uh, going to be online, so it's always a challenge to do that. Uh, but we'll provide those reviewers with a template and some training uh, we're going to be specifically focused on whether these national publishers are following the new civic standards. Uh, we're going to make, you know, be looking for examples of where they include CRT or Black Lives Matter content, which is not uh, acceptable under Florida law and regulation. Uh, we're going to be looking for social emotional learning. Uh, y you may remember, Bob, and your listeners might, that back last year was math review of textbooks. Right. And and the Florida Department of Education to the last minute rejected 47 math books because they contained SEL, social emotional learning. Yeah. So um, we're going to have, uh, we've got a challenge uh, right now. We're, we've got over 100 reviewers. Um, That's great. We're going to be training them on uh, January 6th. So if any of your listeners are interested in being a volunteer to critically read a, a textbook, and document it, uh, you know, they can reach out through our website um, to get in touch and we'll, we'll train you and we'll uh, see whether we can have some significant influence uh, on, on the books that the, the DOE finally ends up approving. So tell us about that, that process. Uh, how much influence can you have in the final decision? Well, we uh, we literally, we Florida Citizens Alliance uh, played a major role last year in the math process uh, to, to get those 47 books, um, you know, rejected because of the social-emotional learning. In the past years, um, we've tended, uh, by county, uh, to do this at the tail end of the process. So uh, what happens is once the Department of Education completes its approval list, which they'll do in February, then each county then goes through a process whether they where they adopt books either off that bid list or setting up a committee. And you may remember that over the last five years, uh, we've actually, at the local level here in Collier County, uh, fought those. What we're trying to do here is headed off at the front of the process with the Department of Education rather than, uh, you know, working county by county at the tail end. Yeah, that, that certainly makes sense. So for our listeners' benefits, social emo uh, emotional learning, boy, that sounds like a positive thing. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was until the, the critical uh, race theory folks decided to, to take it over. Um, it's real simple. Uh, it, it, people try to make it complex, but it's real simple. Uh, it, what social emotional learning is, it's, it's teaching kids that their feelings matter and facts don't really matter. Mm. So it's all about me. It's all about my feelings, uh, and and and, and the, the, you know the, the facts be, be damned. Pardon my French. So um, it's it's subtle in many cases. Um, and if we have time, I could give you a quick example. But um, 
Um, we're kind of uh, bumping up against the... Yeah, exactly. And uh, I will say that I think it's important that kids do have some uh, social-emotional learning, but it needs to be balanced with facts and with classical learning, liberal uh, classical learning about uh, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, to put it simple. So, uh, and uh, But it's obviously not at the exclusion of uh, a classical education. So, Keith, before I let you go, I know you've got a big event coming up in the 2023. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, actually going to be March 8th at the Ritz at Tiburon. Uh, it's with a new Gingrich, Speaker New Gingrich. Uh, it's our, our big fundraiser for the year. Um, and we are uh, offering uh, t- ticket buyers, if you go to our website, a uh, 10% discount as a Christmas uh, um, gift. Uh, so I urge you to go buy your tickets now, uh, buy a ticket for your spouse or loved one, and uh, come uh, join us with uh, Newt Gingrich. He's an amazing, um, you know, there are just a couple people that I've heard speak over the years that when they talk in a large crowd, you can hear a pin drop, and yeah. Newt is one of those. Absolutely. So. GoFLCA.com. You can get tickets there. Also make a year-end contribution. GoFLCA.com. Keith, really appreciate the work that you do, and I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob, and Merry Christmas to you and all of your listeners. Thank you so much, Keith. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting uh, with Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now and find out more by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to be visiting the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. Michael is the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We're a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We stand for individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Basically, we want you to be able to live your life however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. That certainly makes sense, and you got my support on those objectives for sure. So, uh, Michael, we've got this omnibus bill that's uh, pending. In my opinion, I thought we got good news that it, uh, there may be a poison pill introduced by Senator Lee of Utah. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? So Congress needs to pass bills uh, to fund the government. Otherwise, the government can't spend money. Government operations have to shut down. And we have these shutdown fights from time to time because Congress uh, likes to wait to the last minute. And, and sometimes what they'll do is they'll pass what we call a continuing resolution, which just says, hey, all of last year's funding levels, we're just going to reauthorize those. But sometimes we get uh, an effort, uh, a stunt, like the one that Congress is pulling right now, where instead of just reauthorizing last year's funding levels, they throw a whole bunch of stuff into an extremely long bill, all sorts of pet priorities, all sorts of bad policy. They, they decorate it like a Christmas tree with a bauble for this special interest group and a star for that one and and then the bill becomes so long that and, – and the need to reauthorize or to, to uh, authorize government spending for next year becomes so imperative that the bill doesn't receive the scrutiny it deserves. Congress just passes it, and then we find out what's in it later. Yeah. So well, that's what you know, I, they're I, trying I, to do right now. They put together an omnibus bill that is 4,000 pages long. Right. That no one has read. Right. That will not receive the scrutiny it deserves, and that uh, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully will. Um, uh, but there are a lot of bad provisions in there, uh, and it would take forever, uh, a very long time to educate just lawmakers, let alone the public, about all of them. So I specifically wanted to know if you could tell us about maybe some of the health care provisions that might be included in the bill and your thoughts about that. Uh, the health care provisions are all, almost entirely bad. I'll go ahead and start by praising one of them. You know, we've talked before about how Congress uh, gave states extra money to run their Medicaid programs during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. said if you take the money, you cannot uh, look at the eligibility of people who are on the Medicaid program and remove the people who are no longer eligible. You can't do that. So there are millions and millions of people enrolled in Medicaid right now, maybe 18 million, who are not eligible for the program. And the bill would allow states to start removing those folks from the program. And that it is would positive. start to, to wind down that additional money that states were getting. But it would then take that money and spend it someplace else. It wouldn't, there wouldn't be any savings for the taxpayers. In fact, a lot of that money would go into a slush fund. Uh, for states to send to their uh, uh, to to their pet projects and their uh, various special interests uh, that are 
that have political power in 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 those states. Yeah, uh, and the other health care provisions are no better because they uh, the Medicare program, for example, is unsustainable. It uh, it's it. Congress, it cannot go on the way it is because it has made promises that uh, current tax revenues cannot uh, keep, and it is, it's unreasonable to think that Congress will ever raise taxes enough to keep the promises that Medicare has made to current and future enrollees. Hmm. And so Congress has enacted cuts to the Medicare program, but this bill undoes those cuts. This hmm. bill undoes those cuts. It says, you know what? We'll have dessert now, but spinach later. It spends more money on the Medicare program now, but promises to cut spending in the future, which is what Congress always does when it comes to Medicare. Right. It never wants to impose fiscal, fiscal discipline on that program, and this bill would uh, perpetuate that, that dynamic. In fact, to restore cuts that have already been made, which is, you know, really brings new meaning to the, kick, the phrase, kick the can down the road. And on top of all of that, the bill would give new authorities to the Centers for Disease Control. It would give new authorities to the Food and Drug Administration. These are the agencies that failed us yes. during the pandemic. They would get new authority and new money. Congress would be rewarding failure at these agencies rather than dramatically overhauling and reforming them, as it should. And it would even create new agencies, like a new layer of public health bureaucracy in the federal government to manage responses to pandemics, uh, which I think is the last thing that we need. Uh, we at the Cato Institute had a conference about the uh, CDC's performance. Uh, I think all the participants gave it a uh, failing grade for its performance during the pandemic, but also suggested reforms, such as uh, stripping the CDC of any power to make any recommendations about uh, public health and just turning it into something like the uh, National Transportation Safety Board that just gathers and publishes data. That would be a much better approach than the one Congress is taking right now. Well, absolutely. I mean, my my belief is they've uh, simply weaponized the uh, CDC. They've uh, made it a uh, spreading a, a propaganda on on healthcare rather than providing us good information on good health and how to preserve our good health and maintain it. Uh, and that and it's it's uh, it's not incompetence. It is, it is intentional, in my view. And, you know, the, the, this really gets to the real tragedy of this omnibus bill, which is that every piece of legislation Congress passes that touches the CDC or the FDA or the Medicare program or the Medicaid program is an opportunity to reform those programs that are in desperate need of reform. Right. And there are reforms out there, but... Congress is letting that opportunity slide yet again. We could be making health care better and more affordable and more secure for Medicare and Medicaid enrollees. We could be uh, reforming the CDC and the FDA in a way that serves uh, the American people, that serves patients better. But Congress is not. Congress is just perpetuating the failures of those agencies and programs. See, uh, Congress, the uh, House of Representatives, the Senate, are supposed to be deliberative bodies that are discussing policy and trying to make lives better for all Americans. And passing an omnibus bill like the one that we're, has been proposed to carry our budget through September, it ignores all of these issues. In fact, it's, there's, there's actually increased funding for the FBI after it's been revealed that they've been uh, colluding 
with uh, with uh, Twitter on uh, on uh, suppressing information for the American uh, voting public. And a bill this large, you know, we're supposed to these are supposed to be democratic institutions, the House and the Senate. Right. There's supposed to be varying levels of debate on on these pieces of legislation. There can be no serious debate on a 4,000-page spending bill that, that the leadership of the House and Senate introduced in the waning hours of a lame-duck Congress yeah. so that the, the people voting on this bill aren't even the people that uh, voters most recently chose to put into office. Right. These are people who are about to lose their power, and so they're throwing into this bill provisions that would name post offices after members of Congress, name buildings after Nancy Pelosi and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, there's the abuse of and the power and the dereliction of, of responsibility here is just so massive that uh, Congress should abandon this process uh, or this, this practice of of creating these monster omnibus bills. Especially, and go back to regular order where they pass authorization, individual authorization bills and individual spending bills for uh, government programs and agencies or at least areas of, of, of government activity like health. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, Michael Cannon, uh, Director of uh, Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, terrific organization. And Michael, on a more positive note, <laughs> I just wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Bob. Thank you Take so care. much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Modley. He's in Belize, and uh, we're going to visit with Seton about uh, his latest column about big tech's fake green energy programs. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Mayor Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and government doesn't. Yeah, it certainly doesn't. I've been thinking about this omnibus bill that's being pushed through. I just hope it doesn't matter. Uh, make it through the process. You know, I, my immediate reaction to the one, the omnibus bill, that's Trump's fault too, right? Pardon me? I said, I said, I, I said my immediate response to the stupid omnibus bill was, that's Trump's fault too, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's that's right. To, we heard we heard he picked bad candidates and 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 he lost the Senate in twenty and twenty two. And I'm sorry, none of his candidates are voting for or would have voted for this idiocy. I know, unbelievable. All McConnell's idiots are voting for it. I know, McConnell. So, uh, you know, tell me again about candidate quality, you clown. I'm sorry. I'm this. this well, you're absolutely right. I'm happy you said it because I wish I had. You you wrote a column, Big Tech's fake green energy PR push to paper over their obnoxiousness, which is, man, what a column. I really appreciate it. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the it's the it's the moral preening. It's the grandstanding. It's the it's the um, you know if 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 you say you're woke, it doesn't matter what you're what you do. It's you know it's 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 of a fa- it's of a fashion of you know Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, an environmentalist even though he flies around on private jets and goes on giant yachts and it's all that you know Google and and Facebook and Twitter they, they make there was all these articles I found when I, when this occurred to me I, I you know you do you do a web search and all these articles on all these pledges. Big tech has made to go green. Well, they had to cover their keisters because obviously they they run entirely on server farms, and server farms use a lot of electricity. And the the joke is that they're going to be able to go all green with solar and wind to 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 feed that much power requirement. It's impossible. Yeah. It'll never ever 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 happen. Yeah, but they make all these pledges. It's like China. You know, I should have said that in the article. I, I talk about you know China makes all these grandiose pledges about by twenty thirty we're going to do X and twenty fifty we're going to do Y with regard to climate. Meanwhile, they're building a coal power plant a week, and you know, Google and uh, big tech companies cannot exist on fake energy. They cannot. Right. They 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 require too much intense energy in too small a place. You know, the, the server farm takes up city blocks or, you know, a, a quarter mile of just nothing but servers that need to be air conditioned to keep cool enough to keep running at that speed for that long. Right. 
And it's just, it's impossible for them to be, to be run on fake energy. And, but they make these pledges and they say, Hey, we're, you know, Hey, we're, we're good. And of course the other half of the coin is they, they go to the right, you know, they, they buy politicians on both sides of the aisle, right. both sides of the aisle, uniparty. We're seeing it again with the omnibus. Um, and of course, I think even more importantly, when these corrupt officials decide to actually leave their offices, they then go and get ridiculous jobs for for no work. Uh, you know, look at look at look at Obama. Obama got a fifty million dollar movie production deal from Netflix after trying to jam net you know after jamming net neutrality through twice. How'd you like and the movie? The big tech companies all want net neutrality. Yeah, Obama pushes it through twice at his FCC. Even though it doesn't stand, because five seconds later uh, in, in the Trump administration he gets rid of it, but Obama then goes out has zero experience. He has less experience in making movies than Hunter Biden does on the oil in the oil and gas business. <laughs> yes. But he gets a fifty million dollar deal from Netflix and buys three waterfront homes on the money and produces no movies. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think I think he's produced his wife's produced one thing right since he left office for fifty million dollars right. But it's a crony payoff for p- pushing policies Netflix wanted while he was in office. And again, the whole green concept of big tech is a house of cards. They can't exist on fake energy. And, but, they, but they say all the right things and they bribe all the right people and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. And uh, where does this energy to cool all these uh, server uh, locations, where does it come from? In, in many cases, it comes from coal. <laughs> Over half our grid is fed by coal still. And it's going to be for a while. And the only reason it wouldn't be is if they sl- you know, shrink the economy. It's like the stupid Fed. Our solution to inflation is to crush the economy. Right. Well, the only way you're going to save energy by using fake energy is to crush the economy. Right. It's so sad to see, to see what's happening right now. And uh, I, I did read, actually, that, um, uh, that we've actually seen a great increase in the use of coal in the last year uh, because of uh, the whole green energy movement, which is just so ironic. Well, you know, and as I said in the piece, carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Right. God, in his infinite wisdom, set up the perfect symbiotic relationship. Animals like us inhale oxygen, exhale carbon dioxide. Plants inhale carbon dioxide, exhale oxygen. It's perfect. Right. It's a perfect relationship. And it's, it's, it's the height of idiotic irony that the, the alleged green movement is trying to abolish the very item that makes the planet green. It's our own Tower of Babel. <laughs> Unfortunately, Seton Miley, yeah. uh, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I hope you and yours have a fantastic Christmas and a holiday. Thank you so much for joining us. Same to you and yours and all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much, Seton. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of uh, Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, Bob, it's my pleasure. As always on this, I would like to say snowy winter, chilly day, but uh, not here. <laughs> yeah, I've to, they've got this, what do they call it, uh, some sort of a bomb coming through. Bomb, th- yeah, yeah. It's coming right. through, which I guess is so many millimeters drop in the uh, in the atmospheric pressure. And uh, it's what the bottom line, what it's going to lead to is high winds, cancellation of flights, lots of snow, cold. It dropped in uh, uh, Wyoming. Casper, Wyoming, apparently dropped something like 40 degrees in less than 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's a bomb. I guess that's why they call it that. I, um, um, I know they keep saying we're going to be in the, in the 30s to 40s uh, over the Christmas holiday. I mean, you know, this weekend. And right. uh, um, I haven't felt that in, in quite a few years. They said it hasn't been this cold since the, uh, since the 90s. Yeah, it's uh, 89, I guess, was our coldest winter. I guess it got down to 23 degrees on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here on the Paradise Coast. Can you imagine what it must have been across the rest of the nation? Oh, no. But, uh, you know, I think the only people that don't like it are the, the um, you know, the spring, well, not spring breakers, but they're home for their winter holidays, the college kids and everything. Uh, they, they won't be visiting the beach, I don't think, and... Uh, the, with the condition the beaches are in, I don't know about that anyway. Exactly. Are, 
Well, they are getting better, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, but you can always tell when somebody's from up north because they're riding around in this cold weather in a T-shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, and a convertible with the yeah, top down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets below 70 degrees, it's time for me to stay inside. So. <laughs> we, yeah, we could, we could always tell. Um, uh, another way was, um, uh, you know, there were two ways um, in the restaurant. Uh, also, they, they would come in at night and... Um, uh be absolutely sunburned i mean like like they never made suntan um stuff to protect yourself you know but they wanted to make sure that they were that everybody that they were going to see when they got home knew where they were <laughs> yeah. and then the other thing is is like today you could probably take a walk and probably find some people swimming uh in in the gulf and you know that they're from canada or or michigan or somewhere that's that's cold and they're used to it so it's true. There are always telltale signs. Let's put it that way. So, Bill, so, any, any good scoop going on in the city? Well, I don't know about... Um, it's pretty quiet, Bob, since the council took their first ever uh, Christmas break. Um, you know, uh, so we don't hear much coming out of there. Um, for uh, They're going to be gone for, I believe, about a month. They don't go back till January 18th. I've never ever seen that happen before so that's a a new one in the books i guess they're working too hard bob i yeah. don't know what else to tell you what do you think <laughs> well yeah i just wonder if they've got somebody in charge that's here in the paradise because i remember when they wanted to put some they they uh, wanted you to somehow put somebody in charge if you actually left naples <laughs> they, they were talking about collier county they were yeah remember they were talking about the city of, they were talking about the city of naples they said, well well where where is he i mean where's he where's he going to go i said <laughs> It's, Man, I'm telling you, with the technology today, you could probably be an and are anywhere. And uh, now the thing with me is, I I, <laughs> I was always available, and I was always calling. So I, they could always get you could always get a hold of me. But uh, but to be uh, in a panic about leaving um, the city limits of Naples was a, a little bit over the top. I think absolutely. Yeah. Are you guys staying around? We're staying around. We're having a virtual holiday, virtual Christmas. Uh, right. I'll be having phone calls with my sons and uh, and their families, and other right. than that, we're going to have a very quiet time and uh, looking forward to it. Quite especially, you know, right now if you're traveling. By the way, this is uh, just a tip for our listeners: if you got people that are traveling, apparently uh, they're encouraging you to make alternative plans of and fly to different places that, rather than your destination. If in fact your flight is going to be canceled, but if you if your flight is canceled. Apparently, according to federal law, you get a full refund on your ticket. So just a right. I, I, I you know, that's that's very nice. Um, but I think I want my flight. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Um, but but you know, <laughs> with with this uh, weather, it's just going to be very. I'm sure there's going to be hundreds of cancellations. Oh yeah, I mean, especially the Chicago. Um, you know, we're hearing about the Chicago area, especially because it's going to be bitter cold, and uh, my bills will be playing there on. Uh, on saturday so um wow so it's going to be uh that'll be an inter interesting good game and uh i saw the way uh tell linda i'm i'm heartbroken for her i saw the way the pats lost their last game yeah we lost did you see how the the uh, tampa bay lost their game yes i i, I did <laughs> and, that was the most uh, absurd and, ending to a game i've ever seen in my life well, yeah, there were a couple of oddballs. Uh, 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 Jacksonville uh, beat Dallas in the, in the last seconds by uh, 
you know, I mean, there were some some strange things going on there. But I felt bad for your for your patch, yeah. uh, so pass that on to Linda. I will certainly and, uh, do that. Yeah. So um, uh, I hope you have a a, a, a wonderful uh, wonderful Christmas and nice holiday. And um, uh, it's been a been and happy Hanukkah, of course. Yeah. Bill, and I tell you what, I just really, I don't know how many years it's been, 15, 16, 17 years you've been on the show uh, almost every week, and I just so much appreciate your friendship and uh, your commentary here on the show. I just wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a uh, great holiday. Well, thanks, Bob. You too, and we'll talk next week. I look forward Enjoy. to it. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I just want to remind you that uh, Wednesday through Saturday night, uh, Lulabee's Diner, which creates, serves a great breakfast and lunch, is now going to start serving. Or in fact, they already have started serving dinner. And uh, the dinner menu is going to have the lunch and, and breakfast menu, as, as well as comfort food like a meatloaf and chopstick, along with some great new seafood items uh, like salmon, a snapper, group, and so, so forth. So uh, Lulabee's Diner is just a fun place to go, and I hope you'll consider it. It's 4 to 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with uh, William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow at the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll also visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. And Dr. Chad Savage, me medical doctor, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll tell your friends, mention it to them, and uh, tell them how they can access it. It certainly helps our advertisers, and uh, couldn't do the show without them. We so much appreciate them as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>